Um, I am so excited about this. We're starting a brand new series called More Than a Feeling. And what we're going to be talking about over the next couple of weeks is how to deal with how you feel, okay? Um, Because we have such mixed emotions, okay? And it's very interesting now. We got a lot going on, a lot of things happening. And I love doing series like this, and I love hitting these high points. And um, I'm going to kind of give you a part two of a sermon that I did a couple of weeks ago. But today, the emoji, like we're, we're so used to using emojis um, when we text people. And today, the emoji that we're going to be using is this guy right here. Um, this one is one that I find myself using often. How many of y'all use this? Uh, yeah, this kind of overwhelm, like, oh my goodness. This, is, this was my reaction last night watching Kentucky, Florida. Anybody else? Yeah, it's like, whoa, <laughs> what? what's going on? Uh, sorry, uh, Florida fans. Um, but if now we're moving into the um, gifts, okay, I'm going to take a poll because I asked the guys, and I, I don't know if the guys before the service really knew what they were talking about. How many of y'all say it's pronounced GIF, and how many of you would say it's pronounced JIF? Let's see, GIF, let me see, raise your hands. Oh, that's a pretty, all right, what about JIF? Anybody else? Okay, all right, the majority of y'all, somebody back there is animate, it is JIF. <laughs> uh, the majority of y'all are saying gift, so that's what I'm going to go with. Here's the gift that I would use that goes along with this. Anytime I'm feeling overwhelmed, this is my guy right here. <laughs> Internal screaming. That's me right there. You can't go wrong with Robert Downey Jr., right? Um, so let's go back to the, yeah, let's go back to the emoji. Um, these emojis kind of come in handy sometimes. Maybe you use this the past month, the past week, uh, even maybe yesterday or today. This is what you feel sometimes when you get the car bill, right? You get the bill for the work on the car, and you think it's going to be a couple hundred dollars, and it actually ends up being a thousand dollars, and you're like, what? Or when you've been helping your child study for a test, and you know, you feel like they're going to do good, they felt like they nailed it, and then they made a 50, and you're like, what? Like, what happened? Um, I bet this face describes a lot of people right now. A lot of people in here, a lot of people watching online. Because the most common sentence I hear from people all the time, and it just seems to get worse, it never seems to get better, honestly, is that I just feel overwhelmed. And there's so much to be overwhelmed about, especially in the news. You know, I mean, just not even me personally, just in in the world, there's a lot going on. I mean, this past couple of weeks, we had volcanoes exploding off the, uh, off the coast of Africa. I don't know if, if you saw that or not, but that was just crazy. We're, we're in the middle of hurricane season, and we've already dealt with a few, right? And then, uh, don't even get me started on politics and everything that goes on in that political world and, you know, fear of last week and government shutdowns and both sides saying that this is crazy, and they, they both spin it in a way that just makes it seem like the world is going to end if one political party gets their way, Right? And you just walk away from these just feeling overwhelmed. And there's so many more topics that we could talk about. But you know what? That's just, that's dealing with the world. But then in our own personal life, we have so much going on as well. When it comes to just emails, you know, Google goes ahead and they they subdivide our emails for us in these little folders because they realize we get too many emails. Sometimes you get so many, you're just overwhelmed. You can't get them, get to them all. And I talk to other people that are just in debt and they're wondering like, how am I going to get out of this hole that I've dug myself into, right? And when it comes to work, most people would say, man, I just can't catch up. There always seems to be something to do. And no matter how much time I put in, I feel like I get further and further behind, and maybe you're one of those people that hasn't had to take, or hasn't gotten an opportunity to take a vacation, and you're tired of seeing everybody's 
Facebook pictures of Labor Day at the beach because you didn't get to go because you've had too much work on your hands and you're overwhelmed. And then all of this leads to internally, we just feel overwhelmed emotionally. And a lot of the times what we do is when we allow these things just to build up and build up and build up, man, we, we feel like we're just on the edge and we feel like we could snap at any moment in time. And most of the time when we do snap, the, the people that we snap to are the ones that we love the most, right? So with all that being said, like what do we do when we feel this way, when we get overwhelmed? And that's what I want to talk about today. And like I said, we talked about this topic a few weeks ago when, you know, we, we talked about moments in life that seem to be too much, that, that rumor that God never gives you more than you can handle, right? So I want to I re, revisit that topic. I want to dig down on a few things, but also give you a few more things to consider. And, and one of the reasons that I really want to do this uh, topic today and talk to you is because of this great story in the Old Testament. This is one of my favorite stories that I'm going to share with you. And I just think it, it just illustrates perfectly this topic uh, so well for us. And, and not only is it a great story, but it involves one of the coolest names in the Bible ever. His name is King Jehoshaphat, okay? It's just fun to say. <laughs> I like Jehoshaphat. If I were alive back in that day, I might have shortened it. I might have come up with a nickname like King Japhat because I think that's cool. Um, so I may use that in my talk this morning. But King Japhat was a pretty cool guy. Okay, he was pretty awesome. And he led the entire nation of Israel into this great spiritual awakening. He led the whole nation into this spiritual renewal, this revival. In fact, let's start this story at Second Chronicles chapter 19. Let me kind of fill you in on King Japhat and show you what type of leader he was. It says this, it says, Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, but he went out among the people, traveling from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim, encouraging the people to return to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. I love this. This is so great, okay? He's not a leader that just stays in the palace, stays in Jerusalem. No, no, no. He's going out among the people, and he's got a message, and his message is clear. And here's his message. Turn back to God. Turn back to God. Lean in. Trust God and God only. What a great message and a simple message for this nation. A, a, a message that needs to be taught, right? A, a message that we, could, that we could use today, right? And because he did this and because he went around and, and he was preaching, this was a huge success and revival swept across the land. But when something great happens, something always counteracts it. With every mountaintop experience, there's always a valley. With every success, there's always a letdown. With every Christmas, there's always the day after Christmas, right? With every blessing, there's a testing. Anytime God's working, man, that's when Satan wants to get in there and he wants to attack. And this is what happens. He gets in there and attacks King Jehoshaphat. And the king gets overwhelmed. So if you turn to the next chapter, you'll find out what happened in 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And I'm going to fill you in on some of this, and then I'm going to let you go home and read the rest of it. 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 1, it says this, After 
this. Now, what's after this? After the revival, after everything that King Japhat had done, like led these people into, after this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Munites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom, the area of Edom, is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. Okay, so get this. Israel is a tiny tiny nation. I can't stress how tiny it is. I, even today when I visited there, they, they actually told me last time I visited that, that a plane can only go for about 10 minutes in the air before it hits the border and has to turn back around for its patrols, right? It's not a very big area. It's about the size of New Jersey, right? And in this scenario, what we have is we have three major nations coming together to fight against the one nation of Israel, they're ganging up on them, and it's overwhelming. And again, I think that everybody can re- relate to this story because, man, just doesn't it seem like when things are going well, that's when the bottom drops out? That's when everything changes, right? It's just like, just when I feel like my marriage is getting back on track, just, just when I feel like I'm making progress with this, that, or the other, just when it feels like I'm going to get a weekend off from work, and then... Fill in the blank. This happens or that happens. And I don't know if it's like this for you, but it always comes in threes for me. And then it just feels like it just, the bottom drops out and I'm overwhelmed. So Jehoshaphat, he responds the same way a lot of us do when we get overwhelmed. It says this in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 3. It says, Jehoshaphat, he was terrified by this news. He's terrified. And he begged the Lord for guidance. And he ordered everybody in Judah to begin fasting. So this is good news here. This is something, even before we get started, there's a lesson for us early on in this story. When you feel overwhelmed in a situation, don't let it intimidate you. Let it motivate you to pray. Don't let it intimidate you. Let it motivate you to depend on God more. So Jehoshaphat, he starts to pray. Then you know what he does? He grabs the whole nation. He's like, y'all remember, you, you know, we just went through that revival. Remember what we're talking about? Turn back to God. He's like, I need y'all. Y'all come with me. We're all gonna seek God together. And they all started fasting and seeking God. And that leads me into the first point that I wanna share with you. And I wanna give you four things to do today if you're feeling overwhelmed. If that emoji face describes you, if you feel like you got some internal screaming because of something that's going on in your life that just seems to be too much, what do we do? Where do we go? Point number one is this, we gotta turn to God. We gotta turn to God. Okay, and that seems kind of obvious, but sometimes we need to be reminded about it. Because you know what King Japhat doesn't do? He doesn't go to Google search first. For his problems, right? Oh, I don't know what to do. Let's Google it, right? He doesn't go to his friends. He doesn't call up 10 people. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Man, it's good to have good friends. It's good to have the church family on your side. But what I want you to see, is what he does first is he turns to God. And how often can we say that about our own lives? Like, how often can we give that example? Because I know I don't. That's not my first response always. I'll just be honest with you. When I get overwhelmed, you know what my first reaction is? My first reaction is, okay, I gotta get a plan. And I'll sit down and I'll start figuring out on my computer or whatever. You know, if I, got, if I know this meeting's coming or this bill's coming or, you know, or this, whatever this, I'm gonna start connecting the dots and try to get everything ready so I'm not so stressed out. Not that that's wrong. 
It's good to have a plan. But how many times, instead of freaking out and trying to do everything on my own, do I turn to God first? Because it seems like, if you're like me, it seems like I try all these other things first, and then when they don't work or I get myself backed into a corner, then I'll pray. And then I'll go to God when I can't figure it out or when it gets to be too much. You know, and you hear me say this all the time. One of the worst phrases that I hear is that, that phrase of, well, the only thing left to do is pray. Right? Like, I've tried everything else. Might as well turn to God and give it over to him. You know, I always think about that. And I think, you know what? If we really are God's children, like if we really believe that. I mean, think about how that sounds if, if you're a parent and your child is struggling with something and it's stressing them out and it's bringing them down. And they don't know what to do, but they go everywhere else and you don't know about it. It would hurt. How does it affect our heavenly God when we don't come to him? King Japhat, he did, man. He was scared to death. He goes to God and he's like, God, I'm about to get my butt kicked, right? I don't know what to do. And then look at verse 4, the rest of the nation. It says in verse 4, so people, so the people from all the towns in Judah came to Jerusalem. They all came to seek the Lord's help. They're all drawn together. They're all going to God in prayer before they do anything else. And look what the king did. It says, now Jehoshaphat, he stood before the community of Judah. Everybody's gathered. And Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard of the temple. And he prayed. Brought them all together. First thing we're going to do. I don't know what this means, these three armies coming. I know it's not a good thing, but... What we're going to do first is we're going to pray. And we're going to turn to God. Listen, there's nothing too big or too small that you can't take it to God. Take it to him. Let, him be, let that be your first response. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is focus on God and not the problem. Focus on God and not the problem. Okay? You know the stress that we carry so many times in life, the stress that we have in our life, it's mostly due to what we focus on, right? If that's all I'm focused on, then I'm going to be stressed out about it. How many times in life do we say, you know what, I don't know, I don't think I have the money or the energy or the wisdom or the opportunity, and so we focus, focus, focus on those things, but instead of focusing on the problem, we need to turn and focus on the one who has the solution to what we're going through. I love this quote from Corey Tinboom. Says this, if you look at the world, you'll be distressed. And you know how that turn on the news. If you look at the world, you're going to be stressed. If you look within, you'll be depressed. Because none of us are perfect. We always have problems inside. But if you look at God, you'll be at rest. I love that. It all depends on what you're depending on. If you focus on anything other than Christ, you're going to be overwhelmed. But Jehoshaphat, man, he focused on God. And when you have time, we don't have time today because we've got a meeting right after this and I don't want to take up forever this morning. But when you have time today, go to 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and you can read his prayer. And when you see his prayer, you'll see what he focused on. There's three things that he focused on. Let me show you this. This is just little side notes if you want to write these down. Number one, I want you to focus on how big God is. That's what he does in his prayer. He's, he, he goes to God first, and then he starts focusing on God, and he focuses on how, God, how big he is. The bigger God is, the smaller your problems will become. The more God expands in your life, the more your problems tend to shrink. 
It's amazing how that happens. The first thing I got to remember, man, when I'm turning, when I'm focusing on him, is I have the God of the universe is on my side and promises to never leave me. You know, I, I was amazed the, the past couple of weeks of the, the people that went up to space. You know, they're, they're, they're doing space rides now. And if you've got a billion dollars, <laughs> it'd be great if you did, um, you can take a ride to space. And four people, last week or the week before, they all went to space without an astronaut. How many of y'all would do that, by the way? How many of you would go to space without an astronaut? That's what I thought. Nobody in this room. <laughs> I don't think I would either. It's all being controlled by mission control down on earth. And they just rode up and then they came back. But imagine what it must feel like to look outside that window and see how big the earth is. To think of how big God must be and how little we are. And yet he loves me. What I got to do is I got to focus on how big God is. The second thing he focuses on, he focuses on what God has done. That's another thing. When we're focusing on God, focus on what he's done. In your, how many times do we forget? It's amazing to me. God works this miracle. God does something great. And then just the next week, we, we act like we forgot everything that just happened. We just move on. Not for King Japhat, man. He focuses on what God has done. And he talks about all the disasters and the wars and the illnesses and the famine. And he's like, God, in each one of those cases, you came through. I've seen it before and I'm trusting you now because I know just as you worked in the past, you're going to work again in the future. And I'm trusting you. Focus on what God has done. And then the third thing is you got to focus on God's promises. That's another thing. He's like, he knows that God promises to be with him. And did you know that there are over 7,000 promises in the Bible? You need to know some of those promises. It'll help carry you through. So the king is like, God, I know who you are. I know what you've done. I know your promises. You promised never to leave me. And when you read his prayer, you begin to see how much he starts focusing on God. Man, you, you start to see the confidence building in him and his stress diminishing. So focus on God. The third thing, third thing we got to do. We got to admit my inability. Admit my inability. I, I got to be willing to say, God, I, I know you've got the power and I don't. Honestly, I don't know what to do. I got to humble myself and say, God, I honestly have no idea how this is going to turn out. I realize that all of this is out of my hands. God, I need your strength and your power in this moment. Let me ask you this. Have you ever felt powerless before? Have you ever felt in a moment you're just like, I have no idea what to do? Sure, we all have. For instance, if you've had a baby and sometimes that baby just cries and cries and you don't know what's happening and you don't know how to make the baby stop. And suddenly this little 10-pound infant is now in control of your life. I remember a story of a family was telling me about a time that their child was just, he was screaming and they didn't know what to do. 
And they just couldn't calm them down. And they didn't know what was going on. And finally, after you know, wrestling through this and all the ideas and the options, they had no idea. The mom was like, listen, I just know it's internal. I know it's something inside. And we need to take them to the hospital. So they grabbed them and they picked them in. They had no idea. They're overwhelmed with the situation. They put them in the car. They're driving to the hospital. He is screaming the whole way. The mom's in tears. She has no idea what's going on. And then all of a sudden, the baby just stops. And he looks up. And how shall I put this? He just let one out. <laughs> and the dad, when he was telling me this story, the dad just said, it was awesome. <laughs> the dad was like, that's my boy. And then that was it. Baby was fine. But you know what? We all know what it's like to be in those moments where we're just like, I have no idea. I can't see I don't know. I have no control over this. This is what King Japhat, he, he was overwhelmed. He had no idea what to do. So he looks at God and he says this. He says, oh, our God, won't you stop them, the enemies? We are powerless. I don't have what it takes against this mighty army that's about to attack us. We don't know what to do, but we are looking to you, God, for help. I love the king's response. He's just open about it. You know, he's just honest. He's like, I have no idea. But I know that you're God and I'm not. I know that you have the power that I don't have. And maybe sometimes it's good for us just to be that honest with God. Look at God and say, God, this kind of looks hopeless to me. I don't know. You know, if, I, I don't know if my marriage is going to make it. I don't know if this goal is going to happen. I don't know if I'm going to meet this deadline. And just let it out. Let God know how you feel. Admit your inability. Just humble yourself in front of him. And once you look at God's response to the king, I love this. God speaks and he says, do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. I know it's a big one. I know it's three different nations. I know it looks bad. But the battle is not yours. It's God's. I love this. Do not be afraid. Do you know the phrase, do not be afraid or fear not, is written 365 times in the Bible? Do you know what that, that, that is one time for every day of the year. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And you know what? One of the reasons that we're so tired and we're so exhausted and we're so overwhelmed and we're so afraid is because we are trying to fight the battles that are God's, that belong to him. And let's be honest, sometimes we don't have the energy and we don't have the power and we don't have the wisdom and we don't have the knowledge. Just like we were saying a couple of weeks ago in that rumor, rumor is God won't give me any more than I can handle and that's not true. I don't have what it takes. And one of the steps in being able to overcome those overwhelming moments is being able to admit that and take it to God. And God looks at the king and he's like, listen, I'm not asking you to fight this battle. This battle is mine, not yours. That's awesome. You know, sometimes the only thing we can control in those overwhelming situations is our attitude. Right? I can't control this, that, or the other, but I can, I can control my attitude and whether or not I'm going to trust God. And when we do, God has this powerful way of moving into our lives and saying, you know what? Fear not. Don't be afraid. This is my battle. The last point I want to end on that he does is that he thanks God in advance. He thanks God in advance. This is probably 
the best part of this story with me. Because this is such a hard thing to do. And this is something that we don't always think about. But here's how it played out with the king. He's getting ready for battle. He's still preparing. He grabs the army together, gets everybody lined up. And then he places at the front of the army a choir. He places at the front of the army maybe a marching band, whatever. That They were singing the entire way. And they were singing their praises and thanking God as they moved into battle. And the song that they sang was, Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. His love endures forever. Some of y'all know the current song that uses those words. That's what they were singing. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King. Before they had even fought the battle, they were thanking God. I bet those other armies that are gathered are thinking to themselves, they're seeing this come towards them. They're hearing the praise and worship. They're hearing them thank God. And they're probably thinking to themselves, these people have lost their minds. This is crazy. You see, most of the time, what happens is that we don't usually think of thanking God until it, whatever it is, is over. You see, when we wait to thank God after something's done, it's called gratitude. When we thank God before it's done, it's called faith. And that's what we're after. It's powerful to give God glory in advance. Be willing to say, you know what, God, I don't know how this is going to happen, but I know it's going to take some time, and I know that in my patience and while I'm waiting, I know that you're working, and I thank you that you're already ahead of me and preparing for me. So let me show you the power of praise and how it worked for the king. It says this. Um, we close out in chapter 20. He says, at the very moment they began to sing and they gave praise. At that moment, they're marching into battle. They're singing praises and thanking God. The Lord caused the other armies, those three armies, to start fighting among themselves. So these three armies that are waiting for battle, they get into an argument. I don't know what's going on. Maybe they're arguing over who's going to win the SEC, Alabama, Auburn, Georgia. They're just, you know, and they just all go at it. But whatever the case, they begin to argue and they start to fight each other. And they wipe each other out. So when the army of Judah, when God's army arrives at the lookout point, they look down and they see these dead bodies lying on the ground. Here's what it says. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point, the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. How amazing is that? They didn't even have to pick up a sword. When King Jehoshaphat was overwhelmed and stressed, God came through in a powerful way and he worked this amazing miracle that we're still talking about today. So let me ask you this morning, what's got you overwhelmed? Maybe you're a single parent trying to hold it all together. God bless you. Maybe you're just torn all up on the inside with all these different emotions. You got discouragement, depression, fear, anxiety, and you just feel like you're about to explode sometimes. Maybe it's the pressure at work is getting to you and you just can't get it all done and you just can't keep up. Maybe it's the finances and it's just running thin and you're not sure how it's all going to work out with everything that we have going on in our lives. Maybe we walk out of here today with a different attitude than how we came in. Maybe we remember how powerful our God really is. Maybe we try focusing on Him and not the problem. 
Maybe we admit just how much help we need. And maybe we try giving him thanks for being with us and for already working in our future. You know what? It worked for Israel. It worked for King Japhat. And you know what? Scripture says our God doesn't change. So I believe it can work for us. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you for always being with us and never leaving our side. God, I have no idea what's overwhelming everybody in this room or online today, but you do. You know the baggage that we carry. God, I just pray that we would be mindful and just remember how big and powerful and mighty you are. God, help us remember that you are our Heavenly Father and you care for us as a child. God, I pray that we would remember just to take our request to you, take our needs and ask for your help. And God, right now, you know what we're going to do? We're going we're to walk out of here today praising you and giving you all the glory of what you're going to do in our lives within the people of this church. Because Jesus, as we remember a couple of weeks ago, you said that if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, anything's possible. So God, our faith is in you. We place this overwhelming situation, whatever it is, God, we give it to you. Jesus, thank you for loving us like you do. And thank you for your son, Jesus, who died so that we might live. Thank you for your salvation and your loving hand that guides us through this life. It's in Jesus' name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen.